Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you on a Wednesday night looking to give you some winners for week 17, 17 a unique betting opportunity because you have a lot of teams with stuff to play for and some teams that are already looking forward to the offseason. Josh Walker joining me to give out our picks. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Jeff, I'm doing well, buddy. Merry Christmas to you and your family, or should I say uh, belated. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you guys had a great holiday. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. We did. Uh, looking forward to New Year's and looking forward uh, to this week of NFL games that we have coming up. And it kicks off on Thursday Night Football with my Dallas Cowboys taking on the Titans. The Titans are a 10.5-point underdog at home in this game. The over-under sitting at 40. And this game is pretty meaningless for the Titans. Week 18 matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to determine who wins the AFC, uh, the AFC South. So uh, the Cowboys are pretty much coming in playing against a team that's essentially playing like this is a preseason game. I doubt we see Derrick Henry in this game. Uh, I doubt they'll, they're going to wa- want to run Malik Willis as much as they normally would with fear of getting him hurt. So uh, the Cowboys are going to absolutely roll in this game. You look at this uh, Titans defense, they've given up 312 yards passing per game over uh, their five-game losing streak, and that includes a game against Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. Uh, Malik Willis does not look ready for the NFL, uh, just looks like he's raw. He's a raw quarterback. We knew that coming in. He was not supposed to have to play this year. So I think the Cowboys roll in this one. Last year, the Cowboys proved that they are not above putting it on a team that has nothing to play for. They put up 51 points against Philadelphia in Week 18 last year when Philadelphia had nothing to play for. So the Cowboys like to put on a show. We know that about the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys minus 10 and a half here. I agree. Uh, I think Dallas minus 10 and a half. I think that's the best play in this game. Uh, you can adjust the over-under, maybe move the over-under up a few points. I would do that. But I'm taking the Cowboys minus 10, <clears throat> uh, 10 or 10 and a half, wherever you get your numbers from. Um, like you said, the Titans will treat this like a preseason game. They understand week 18 is, quote, unquote, their Super Bowl, their season. Uh, so I wouldn't expect Derrick Henry. I wouldn't. I, if I was them, I wouldn't play a lot of the key defensive players as well. Kevin Bayard, if he if he something ain't right with him, sit down. Jeffrey Simmons, sit down too. So uh, I'm taking Dallas minus ten or ten and a half. Yeah, I don't know if I would touch the over under in this one. It's sitting so low at forty, and Dallas could put up put up forty one on their own, uh, so they could cover this number on their own. Uh, the implied final score of this game would be twenty five to fifteen if you're looking at a ten point spread and the over under sitting at forty. So I wouldn't touch the over under in this game, but I'm all about uh, if you could find a Cowboys team total. Uh, like I said, that should be sitting around twenty five or twenty six. I think they easily score twenty eight uh, to thirty one points in this game. So I wouldn't touch the actual over under for the game, but a Cowboys team total over maybe coupled with the Cowboys' money line play, I think would be uh, pretty smart here. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, definitely not a bad play for sure. So that's uh, something that I'm actually going to be looking to put together on DraftKings. But that's going to move us on to Sunday. And um, not on accident here, we're starting with our two teams. Obviously, my Dallas Cowboys uh, still holding out hope that they can win the NFC East. I am not too crazy about that because I would rather match up with the winner of this game and have that five seed, and that is the Carolina Panthers taking on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs, a three-point favorite in this one. This line, by the way, opened at six and a half. Uh, unfortunately, DraftKings and FanDuel never gave it out when it was six and a half. It was available on Caesars, and I just could not believe uh, that they would 
had the Bucks favored by six and a half points. The Sharps were all over, and it's already been bent down to three. Uh, the over-under sitting at 40 and a half. And the NFC South title is on the line in this game for the Buccaneers. They clinch with a win. The Panthers would take the lead and be in the driver's seat for the division title. Uh, if they were to get a win, they would also have to win next week against the Saints. Um, the Panthers won this matchup 21-3 to in Week 7. The game after the Christian McCaffrey trade, the Bucs were a 13-point favorite in that game, by the way. Uh, Chubba Hubbard and Dante Foreman, 24 carries, 181 yards in that game. That once vaunted Bucks run defense has not been that way this season. Uh, they put up 290 yards between those two last week. They've won three of their last four games, and this team pretty much goes as Foreman and Hubbard do. The one game that they lost out of their last four was against the Steelers, and that was when the run game got pretty much shut down. So, when you look at the Bucks side of things, they're 2-3 and three since their bye. Two narrow wins in games that they should have lost to bad teams. An overtime win against Cliff Kingsbury and a reeling Cardinals team and a third-string quarterback. Uh, and then that win against the Saints that they were dead in the water for 57 minutes so Josh I know you don't want to hear it but I think this Bucks team is done um I'm taking the Panthers plus three yeah I'm I'm taking the Bucks uh, it's 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 really sad what people are trying to do I get it like Tampa Bay we, well when I say Tampa Bay we obviously talking about one person so we we get it we obviously know Tom Brady's not playing well but it's just remarkably stupid how dumb people are. Like, the man's 45 years old. And I'm not saying you should blindly have faith in him. But it's just funny to me. It's laughable to me that <clears throat> that people are saying that Tampa Bay won't win the division. And then when they make the playoffs, people say that, oh, yeah, the Cowboys will beat Tampa Bay. Okay, cool. And then if Tampa Bay, or if, when I say win, it's no disrespect to the Cowboys, but we know the Cowboys do Cowboys things in January. So if Tampa Bay will win, Tampa Bay beats Dallas, then what will be the next chat? Oh, they can't beat the Vikings. So they can't beat the 49. So okay. Well, I'll play this game. Uh yeah. I'm I'm taking the Bucks. Um we we owe them for what they did to us earlier in the year. We will get our revenge. Uh I will say this about Tampa Bay. Uh they have a big addition coming back. Ryan Jensen returned to practice today. So uh, I expect the best we will get from Tampa Bay will be obviously starting in December. So let's see what they do. Uh, you definitely have a lot more faith in this team uh, than, than anybody I've heard. Uh, they just have not – to me, they just haven't looked good. I mean, you can sit here and say that, uh, oh, this is the game that matters. They'll finally turn it on. But they could have locked this division up weeks ago if they had just turned it on earlier and they could be looking at, you know, resting guys in week 18 and week 17 instead of having to, you know, fight for their playoff lives. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Obviously, betting against Brady is not has not been a good proposition for his entire career. But as you said, he is 45 years old and uh, father time is undefeated. So we're on opposite sides of this one. That takes us on to another de facto playoff game. And this is an interconference playoff game. The loser of this game is all but eliminated from the NFL playoff picture, it is the Jets taking on the Seahawks. The Seahawks, a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home. You hardly ever see the Seahawks uh, underdogs at home. Even even this year, uh, you know, a down – well, expected to be a down year for them. Uh, they're usually favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 42-and-a-half. And as I said, an interconference playoff game. The loser eliminated. The Jets would be in fantastic shape with a win. They play Miami in week 18. So if they w win their last two, they are likely in, especially with the Patriots playing the Bills, uh, the, the other team fighting for that spot. The Seahawks would need a little bit of help with a win. They would need Washington to lose one of their last two to Cleveland or Dallas. Um, but they had the Rams in week 18. Seahawks would also be in pretty good shape with a win. 
The big game, the big thing with this game for me is that Mike White is back. And this is a completely diff- different Jets team when they have a competent quarterback. Yes, they have lost four straight, but this defense is fantastic. On the other side, the Seahawks team does not get any pressure on the quarterback. They've also last, lost five of their last six, their only win coming uh, with a last-minute touchdown against the Rams in a game that they should have won handedly. Um, I just do not trust this Seahawks defense. I do not trust the pass rush. They're going to be without Tyler Lockett. I like this Jets defense. I like the offense with Mike White. Zach Wilson was an absolute train wreck. So uh, anything is better than him. They were giving the ball to Chris Strebler down the stretch. They basically said, we want not Zach Wilson. Anybody that's not Zach Wilson, get out there and play quarterback. They had an option quarterback out there playing quarterback. So uh, Mike White might not be the best quarterback in the world. He is a massive upgrade from Zach Wilson. Give me the Jets here. I love the defense. Give me the Jets minus one and a half. I agree. I'm taking the Jets minus one and a half. I think they have the best unit of all the teams on the field, which is the Jets defense. Uh, I think Seattle is coming back to reality, coming back to earth a little bit. Uh, usually, like you said, Seattle is in a one-point dog at home, but I think the Jets defense will rise up and play. Now, we definitely won. Uh, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think the Jets will make the playoffs this year. I never did. Uh, I get Zach Wilson hasn't played well, but I think some of that is on the Jets as well. Uh, most of it is on him, but some, the Jets should take some responsibility for that. Be that as it may, I'm taking the Jets. Like I said, they have the better defense. They have the best unit. And usually when you have the best unit, you'll have a low-scoring game and I'm not Zach Wilson. Mike White will just have to make a play or two at the end to win it. Yep, just just don't throw the game away. Don't do what Zach Wilson would do. It's funny, they interviewed Zach Wilson about why he stopped throwing the ball away. Because uh, he would throw the ball away a lot uh, in in the games that he was starting early on in the season. And it would help the team. He throws it away, they punt or ball. He doesn't make mistakes and they win the game. They asked him why he stopped throwing away. He said he basically got tired of throwing the ball away and he started throwing interceptions instead. And he knew it was a good thing for the team, but he just still just didn't want to throw the ball away anymore. That says everything that you need to know about Zach Wilson. Not a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to ever start another game in the NFL. Uh, That is going to take us on to another playoff uh, game with big playoff implications. It's the Dolphins taking on the Patriots. The Patriots, a three-point favorite in this one, and that is because Tua Tungavailoa is in concussion protocol. It's his third concussion in three months. So um, any other player, you say, oh, maybe they get back in time with Tua. I mean, like I said, his third one in three months. I think that means he might be done for the season. What are your thoughts there? I agree. Yeah, he definitely might be done for the season. That's a lot. Yeah, so uh, this Dolphins season has been up and down, up and down. They started 3-0, and so three straight wins followed by three straight losses, followed by five straight wins. They're now in the middle of a four-game losing streak. The Pats on the other side, um, they've only had two wins in their last six, and that came on the game against the Jets where they won on the last second punt return and uh, a win against a bad Cardinals team when Kyler Murray got hurt uh, two plays into that game, so... This Patriots team is struggling as well. Um, They probably should have won their last two games. Obviously, we had that ridiculousness uh, with the lateral Chandler Jones stiff-arming Mac Jones to the ground. And then we had Ramondre Stevenson fumbling inside the five last week against the Bengals. So uh, this has been an up-and-down season for the Patriots as well. Um, Can the Dolphins utilize Hill and Waddle with Teddy Bridgewater, I think is what it comes down to. I think Mike McDaniel find a way to get the ball in his playmaker's hands. I like the Dolphins plus three in this one. We agree. I like the Dolphins plus three. Uh, I'm a big Tua fan. I like uh, I like the progressions that he made. I thought something was wrong with him on Christmas Day. 
Um, I think Emmanuel Acho on Speak made a great point um, that Tua, basically, the defense that Tua was struggling on, he beat in college. So it, it really didn't make any sense why Tua didn't, why Tua was struggling the way he was struggling. Uh, long story short, uh, he obviously had a concussion. His head got hit to the ground. So I think Teddy, Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater can come in and, you know, be respectful, be one of the best backups in the league and find a way to win. I don't think the Patriots are good. Uh, I think the Patriots understand what they are. The, the Patriots this year are finding ways to lose. We never thought we would ever say that about a Bill Belichick team. So. Yep. Yeah, that, that that you hit the nail on the head for me. Um, I, Tua is obviously a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater, but I don't think that Tua was – he's not your Mahomes, your Burrow, your, you know, your Josh like quarterback that makes all the difference in the world. Uh, even, I mean, with these weapons that he had, we, we've seen even when Tua has played well, there's touchdown passes that he's thrown to Hill and Waddle where you're like, man, he kind of underthrew that ball. Mm-hmm. And like, even though it ended up being a touchdown. So he, it's not like he was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the world. I think he is an above average to good quarterback, but Teddy Bridgewater is at least a slightly above average quarterback. And I don't think the step down is going to be uh, as abrupt as a, a three point swing in the line uh, w- would indicate uh, that is going to take us on to the team that just beat the Packers, excuse me, that just beat the Dolphins on Christmas. And that is the Packers taking on the Vikings. The Vikings, a three and a half point favorite in Lambeau for this one, the over under sitting at 48 and the Packers all of a sudden in playoff contention, three straight wins. Uh, if the playoff race was an actual race, everybody in front of the Packers just fell flat on the race, and the Packers have just kind of limped their way into playoff contention. Uh, on the other side, they're playing this Vikings team. 11 of their 12 wins are by one score. However, that one game that was not a one-score victory was a 23-7 victory over the Green Bay Packers. Justin Jefferson went off in that game, 184 yards, two touchdowns. I think a lot is being made of Kirk Cousins and saying, oh, he's going to struggle outside. He's going to struggle in Lambeau. Well, Kirk Cousins has played three games in Lambeau Field, one one and one in those games. He has a tie in there as well. 5-3-1 overall against the Green Bay Packers, 281 yards, two point two touchdowns just 0.6 interceptions per game a 111.3 QB rating when he plays the Green Bay Packers so I think that's being a little bit overstated uh the, the fact that Kirk Cousins is just going to automatically struggle in Lambeau uh the Packers they've won three straight but they haven't been particularly impressive in any of those they've beaten the Bears the Rams and they beat Dolphins in a game that, like you touched on, too, it was concussed for the second half of that game. So I think the Packers are being incredibly overvalued here. Give me the Vikings plus three and a half. Mm. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers minus three and a half. I think the Packers are the better team right now. I think they're a streaking team. I think the Packers will make the playoffs. Wow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not even close. Uh, it's the same thing with Tom Brady. Like the fact that people are just trying to ride. These old play, these old quarterbacks off is just flat out insanity, especially with who their who their competition is. If if like if Green Bay was going against a, a better better teams, fine. But bro, let me if you don't mind, let me just tell you who the quarterbacks are ahead of Green Bay or right behind them. Uh, the best one is Jared Goff. You got Taylor or well, Carson Wentz now because Carson Wentz just replaced Taylor Heineke. But that tells you Washington situation. Daniel Jones, um, Detroit, Jared Goff. Seattle, Geno Smith. Uh, I'm not counting the NFC South teams because the only reason why they can make the playoffs is if they win the division, and that's that, that'll be over Sunday. So my point is is that th- these other quarterbacks aren't good enough to really cause a problem. It took Green Bay a while because they had rookies to get that situation together. So 
With that being said, I'm taking the Packers minus three and a half. I think the Packers will win. Minnesota has nothing to play for. Again, people want to talk about them playing being the two seed or the three seed. Yeah, that matters, but in a way, it really doesn't matter. And if I'm Minnesota, if I if if they lose this game, they'll be the three seed, which basically will probably ensure that they won't have to play the Packers in the first round. So yeah, so to me, I. I think that they'd be more thinking about the second round. They don't want to have to go to San Francisco. They'd much rather have San Francisco come to them. So I think this game does mean a little bit more to the Vikings. And as far as the Packers playoff thing, it's funny. uh, On the last podcast that I did solo, I said it would be a a solid bet to take the Packers plus 700 to make the playoffs. Now they're sitting at plus 150. So uh, if you you made that bet, you're sitting in pretty good shape. The one pushback I'm going to have is that I don't know that Washington is going to lose any of their last two. We'll touch on their game against the Browns in a little bit. And then they're going to be playing the Cowboys in week 18. And the Cowboys might not have anything to play for. So if Washington wins out and the Giants win just one more, then it's like regardless of what the Packers do, they're not going to make the playoffs. Granted, they're in much better shape than they were a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we shall see. I, I, I think Washington is going to take care of business, though. Um, that's going to take us on to the Saints taking on the Eagles. The Eagles, a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home, the over-under 44. And the Eagles can clinch the division with a win against the Saints. They will have already clinched the NFC East. If the Cowboys lose uh, on Thursday night against the Titans, uh, I don't think that is going to happen. The Eagles can also improve their draft pick in this game. So the Eagles just need a victory in one of their last two games. So if they're looking at it, they're saying, hey, we might as well win this one against the Saints because we own their first-round pick. We can improve our own draft pick by winning this game and get to rest our guys in Week 18. So I think they're going to come in highly motivated. The offense still looked good under Garner Minshew. They put up some points against the Cowboys. Uh, Minshew did throw a couple of interceptions, but um, the reason that the Eagles lost that game was their defense, and Andy Dalton and this Saints team just cannot exploit the defense the way that the Dallas Cowboys did. Uh, This The Eagles are flawed. Obviously, and they have some injuries. The Lane Johnson injury is a is just a crushing injury for them. But this is still a good football team, and the Saints just are not. Give me the Eagles minus six and a half here. Yeah, I'll lay six and a half now. I'll take the Eagles. I think the Eagles win the, win the NFC East. They'll clinch the number one seed, and they'll rest their or they'll start trying to rest their players for Week 18. Uh, the Saints just aren't a good team. Uh, now, I will give them credit. They find gritty ways to win games. They did last week at Cleveland and at Blizzard. So, uh, I do think they'll try to keep it close. But like you said, it's a double win for the Eagles. Not only do you win, you improve your you improve your draft stock for next year. So, And right now, I think they'll have a top five, top seven pick with the Saints pick. So, <clears throat> with that being said, I, I'm like, I'm really, when you start getting the six, six and a half, I try to stay away from laying points like that because you never know what could happen. But, I feel comfortable landing six and a half with the Eagles. Yeah, uh, they're just, I mean, they are. They're just, they're, they're just a better team. In the yeah, the, the, top to bottom, they're one of the best teams. Even without their starting quarterback, even with Lane Johnson out, it, like you add everything up, the Saints just don't have the firepower to compete with a team now, like the Eagles. Now, I will say, if Gardner Minshew plays, then that would incline me to give the Saints plus six and a half. It is going to be Gardner Minshew. He is going to, he is oh, going to be playing. Hurts is out for this one. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh. Well, yeah, with that, I'll take the Saints plus six and a half only because I just think uh, – I think the Eagles will be able to score, but I think the Saints will be able to stop them. Because the Saints' the best part of their team is their defense. And I know that defense is, quote, unquote, at times been overrated, but part of that is because they've been on the field so damn much with that, with that bad offense. If, you, yeah. if they're not giving the ball to uh, Chris Olave or running with Taysom Hill or check down to Alvin Kamara, that's basically their offense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the Eagles do have injuries all in the secondary. Chauncey Garner Johnson. Um, uh, they uh, another yeah yes. Uh, uh, sorry, what I said, uh, Chauncey. Uh, you said Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He's a former Saint. Yeah, former Saints, Saint. So. Yeah, but he's uh, he's out for this game, is what I'm saying. So Eagles just injuries all in the secondary. I just don't think the Saints have the firepower to take advantage of it. Uh, Andy Dalton's not scaring you, even if you're you, you got backup corners out there. No, nah, you're right. You're right for sure. I just think that the Saints defense again is uh, their best. You know, on the team, and I think they'll try to give some type of effort. Again, they I, they still have a mathematic. I don't I don't know how. They, I think I think they would need. Uh, Carolina I'll break it down. I can break it down. So basically what the Saints would need is Carolina to win. So the Saints would have to beat the Eagles this week, have Carolina beat the Bucks, and then they would have to have the Falcons beat the Bucks and themselves beat the Panthers next week. So they would have to have four different things happen. That's why they're wow. sitting at plus 2,000 right now to win the fishing. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably not going to happen. I agree with that. All right, so that is going to take us on. We have two more games to get to uh, of consequence before we get to the primetime games, which are both huge games. And then we have a uh, the basically the, the, the turd bowls uh, to close out a bunch of games that only mean something to one team or mean or mean nothing to both. So uh, getting to this one, the Browns and the Commanders. Obviously, the Browns don't have anything to play for, but the Commanders do. But I didn't put this game with the other games because I think the Browns have all the reason in the world to go out and look good. Uh, the Commanders, a two-point favorite at home for this on the over under 40 and a half. Washington needs to win uh, this game to maintain the 17. As I said, the Browns are eliminated, but they have no first-round pick, and they want to look good to save face after the Deshaun Watson trade. Carson Wentz back to starting at quarterback. Chase Young back now, his second game back. Um this Washington team frustrated the crap out of me with their play calling against the San Francisco 49ers. They just kept running their head into the wall. 33 carries for 79 yards. Never had a carry over 10 yards. They just kept running the ball on first down, getting nothing, and then being stuck on these third and longs. Really just put Taylor Heineke behind the eight ball the whole game. Now, I don't think Taylor Heineke is a very talented quarterback, but when you give him these third and eight, third and tens over and over again against a great defense like the 49ers, you're just setting him up to fail. However, going up against this Browns run defense, which is one of the worst in the league. I think that that run game of the Commanders is going to be able to get going. Um, I'm going to take the Commanders minus two. Now, obviously, you said you think the Packers are going to make the playoffs, so you think the Commanders are going to lose this game? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm taking Cleveland Browns. Uh, I think Cleveland Commanders will lose one of their last two games. Last, next week, the Cooper Rush or whoever. But, I, I mean, but judging on this game, I think the Browns will win the game. Taking the Browns plus two, I would take the Browns straight up on the money line. Uh, this is, I gave you guys an upset uh, last time I was on the show two weeks ago. I gave you guys an upset of the week. I told you Jacksonville would beat Dallas. They did. I'm taking Cleveland over Washington. Uh, simply put, I know Deshaun Watson hasn't played well, but I will take him today over Carson Wentz. And that's simply what this game comes down to to me. I think Cleveland, like you said, will want to play better going into next year. Um, we see this every year with teams. The teams get hot towards the end of the season. They come back uh, next year and try to make a run, even though, uh, uh, you know, even even though it's a new season, obviously. But you try to get a run towards the end of the previous season. So I think Cleveland will try to do that. And uh, I think the Cleveland Browns will win the game. Yeah, I – I have no faith in Deshaun Watson. I think he will come back next season once you give him a training camp and, and, and all that, uh, and another offseason with the team. I think he will be better. 
he hasn't played football in two years, and it showed. Uh, you don't shake that rust off right away. He has been absolutely terrible. I wouldn't take him over any starting quarterback in the league. Carson Wentz, Taylor Hockey, I don't care who it is. I'm not taking him. And uh, I just defense more than I trust the Browns defense. So um, we're on opposite sides of this one. One more game of consequence from Sunday, and that is the 49ers taking on the Raiders, the Raiders who are somehow still mathematically alive in the playoff picture. The 49ers, uh, as we touched on, looking to go for that two seed. The Raiders, a 10-point underdog at home for this one, the over-under 41-and-a-half. And the big news is that in this game, Derek Carr benched for Jared Stidham. Uh, as I said, Las Vegas still technically alive, and they're benching their starting quarterback against the 49ers defense. And this is kind of a head-scratching decision, but um, I think that basically means that they're moving on from Derek Carr. Uh, as it is for this game, we have the 49ers defense going up against a backup quarterback. Um, they're going to be able to stack the box against Josh Jacobs, and I think this 49ers defense is going to wipe the floor with this Raiders team. The Raiders on the other side, they have a defensive line that's made up of one guy. Max Crosby is the only person of note on that defensive line. The rest of the defensive line is absolutely terrible. So I think this Niners team is going to run all over the Raiders. The Raiders should be a playoff team. This is an incredibly frustrating team. When you look at the five games that they've had double-digit leads and blown, if you just change the result of two of those games, this team is sitting in the playoffs. Instead, they're sitting at six wins and likely out. Uh, the benching of Derek Carr is head-scratching, considering they just gave him a contract and traded a bunch of draft picks to bring his old college roommate in to be his teammate. I can't make sense of what's going on with this Raiders team from coaching hires to draft picks. This team has been an absolute train wreck for years and uh, it's going to come to a head on Sunday. Give me the Niners minus 10. I think they win this game 31 to 10. Uh, yeah, I take the Niners minus 10. Uh, I'm I'm more or less, less critical of the Raiders than you. I actually get what they're doing. They're not going to make the playoff. Like the team is like this mathematical stuff is just common. They're not going to make it. The teams that, that, that are in front of them, they lost to. Only one team that they had in front of them that they beat, which was the Patriots, and they had to have something miraculous, like out of this world <laughs> experience for them to beat them. So, uh, like, I, I get what they're doing. Uh, they're done with Derek Carr. I don't knock uh, – uh, uh, about to say John Gruden. Uh, Josh McDaniels have been done with Derek Carr. Josh, uh, John Gruden wasn't the biggest fan of Derek Carr. So uh, I wonder who uh, the Las Vegas Raiders will try to go after. Anyway, uh, with that being said, I'm taking the 49ers minus 10. I think that they'll handle that and win the game. Uh, the Raiders will not make the playoffs. They weren't going to make the playoffs. I was high on them, and they let me down. So uh, that's poetic justice. As far as Derek Carr, he obviously will be traded. Uh, and can't wait to see where he goes to. Uh, as far as their next quarterback, I was talking on Twitter today. Um, how funny would it be if this was the plan that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers had the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, goes to the Raiders next year. Reunites with Devontae Adams. I think I think that uh that I think that would be a great experience. Because the Raiders are already made situation. Yeah. But I will say this, I do think the Raiders will have a veteran quarterback on their roster next year. They it they, might not they be here. It might they not need be Aaron Rodgers, but it definitely will be a veteran quarterback. Yeah, Jimmy G, somebody like that. But they need to do something about the interior of both of their lines. Other defensive tackles stink. Their their offensive guards stink. Their, their offensive line as a whole is bad. Uh, whatever veteran quarterback they get, they're going to want to protect them. I think they're going to have to do something to bolster this offensive line as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the primetime games next because the rest of the Sunday games are really uh, – I'm going to roll them all into one conversation. We have to wrap this up in about 10 minutes anyway. 
here soon. So we're going to start with Steelers and Ravens on Sunday night football. The Ravens, a two and a half point favorite at home, the over under sitting at 35 and the over under sitting so low. And the fact that the Ravens are only two and a half point favorites, that kind of makes me think that Tyler Huntley is in line to start yet again. We've been hearing Lamar Jackson should be coming at practice. Um, the weather is actually supposed to be great in the DMV. No wind, no rain, a decent temperature, just a complete 180 from the weather that we had here last week uh, at this time. Uh, the Ravens had a sloppy win against the Pittsburgh Steelers three weeks ago, and that was with Tyler Huntley as well. That was Pittsburgh's only loss in their last five games, however. The Ravens are guaranteed to have a chance at the AFC North title with a win. So if they win, uh, they'll basically play the Bengals for the AFC North title next week. Um, if they lose, they would need the Bills to beat the Bengals on Monday Night Football, and then that next game would still be for the title. The Steelers could be eliminated by kickoff uh, if the Dolphins are to win. If the Dolphins lose, the Steelers have a shot to steal the seven seed. Look, it's Steelers-Ravens. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be close. Eight of their last ten games have been decided by one score. The last five games have been decided by five points or less, and their last three games have been decided by two points or less or gone to overtime. So I'm going to grab the Steelers plus two and a half here um, just because I think it's going to be a close game. And you could sit here and say, oh, the Ravens only have to win by a field goal. But two of the last three games that these two teams have played have been decided by two or one point. And the other one went to overtime. So you can easily see the Steelers cover this two and a half, even if they don't win the game. And I think it's a coin flip game as it is. So I'm going to take the Steelers plus two and a half here. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens minus two and a half. I know Justin Tucker has been struggling lately at a couple kicks blocked, but I think the Ravens can win this game by three. I mean, they have the greatest kick ever. So I think the Ravens defense is getting in the motion. They're playing well. The offense yep. is doing just enough for Snoop Hundley as a starting quarterback, which I, I I think he will be the starter this weekend. Uh, so with that being said, I love the grit that the Steelers had with a, with a very uh, emotional win for the Steelers last week with the death of Franco Harris. So they came out to play. I think this week the Ravens will, will get them. So I'm, I'll take the Ravens minus two and a half. My favorite play on this game is the under. Now, obviously, yeah. I would move, move the under up a couple points, but I definitely like the under in this game. Yeah, I mean, the, it's sitting at 35 for a reason. These two teams always play tough, close, low-scoring games. That's just the way it is. Steelers-Ravens has been, I think, the, the best rivalry Oh, it's not in, in, in football the last oh, twenty years. So it, it, it's ah. it's 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 been amazing, and I, ah. I can't wait to watch. I'm glad they flexed this game to Sunday night. I was. Do you, do you want me to tell you what they thought about flexing the Sunday night game too? They thought about moving Carolina at Tampa Bay. I was like, no, please don't do that. Let them play at one <laughs> o'clock where most people can't even watch the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can see why because it's essentially for the NFC South. Time. No, I get I get that, but I mean it's not. Not now, like viewing-wise, this will be a much better experience for sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So we're going to move on to Monday Night Football now. Uh, the Bills taking on the Bengals. The Bengals, a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home, the over-under 49-and-a-half. And this game is huge for both teams. The Bills want to keep the one seed. The Bengals could potentially be playing to clinch the AFC North if the Steelers are to lose on Sunday Night Football. Um, they still have an outside shot at the one seed. They would have to win this game and have – the Chiefs lose one of their last two, but, but the Chiefs play the Broncos and the Raiders in their last two, so I don't see that happening. These are the two hottest teams in the NFL. The Bengals have won seven straight. The Bills have won six straight. Two of the best scoring offenses in the league, Cincinnati fifth, Buffalo fourth. Two of the best scoring defenses in the league, Buffalo second, Cincinnati ninth. Two of the best passing offenses in the league, Cincinnati third, Buffalo seventh. So 
This is going to be a fantastic matchup. I trust Buffalo's defense just a little bit more. Buffalo's seventh in the league at yards per attempt allowed. Cincinnati sitting at 18th. So I think Buffalo is more equipped to stop the Bengals passing game than the Bengals are to stop the Bills. The loss of Leal Collins also is crushing for this Bengals offensive line, which was starting to play better. Now I think we're going to see them struggle yet again. Um, they have a new name starting at right tackle now, and I think Joe Burrow is going to be under a lot of pressure. The Bills have been in shootouts when they've played good offenses, though. Uh, they had a shootout against the Vikings, the Lions, the Dolphins. All those games flew over the total. So I'm going to be on the over 49.5 here, and I also like the Bills minus the 1.5. I am taking the I am taking the Buffalo Bills minus one. I think Buffalo will be the number one seed. I think Buffalo goes to the Super Bowl this year, so I'm riding with that. Uh like you said, the loss of Lano Collins is a big loss. Uh and I think this this game is not getting the hype that it should. I think this will be one of the best games of the year. Um uh, I know if NBC had their way, they'd rather be in Buffalo than Baltimore. I mean not Buffalo, Cincinnati than Baltimore just because of the obviously the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks make the matchup. Josh Allen, Justin Hurt, Justin Hurt, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, two of the three best quarterbacks in the AFC, along with Patrick Mahomes. So it should be a great game. Uh, I will be watching. Uh, I like Buffalo minus one. Yeah, this uh, Monday Night Football picked a great game to close with, uh, and I can't wait to watch this one either. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We have five other games, excuse me, six other games to touch on. None of them are of big consequence, and we're also going to touch on the college football playoffs. So we'll take a quick break. All right, coming back, we have a couple of games left here, but they are not really of consequence to both teams. So I had a, a our five-leg parlay has not done well. Uh, we try to hit a long five-leg parlay every week, and uh, we always fall just – Josh, I have one this week that I think is pretty good. I touched on in the opening how you have a unique gambling opportunity with these teams that have nothing to play for going up against teams that do have something to play for. And we have on tap here, and we're going to couple that with two other games that we already talked about, uh, starting with Broncos and the Chiefs. The Chiefs, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 45. The Chiefs hoping to get the one seed. Uh, the Broncos, Russell Wilson's bad season, hit rock bottom last week, uh, throwing multiple interceptions in a terrible game against an equally bad Rams team, giving up 51 points. Um, they fire Nathaniel Hackett. He becomes just the second coach in history to get fired before finishing his first season. The first, of course, was Urban Meyer last year. Now, this game is going to start our parlay. We're going to do a money line parlay on these next four games. Um, I'd take the Chiefs minus 12 and a half, but as I said, my main is going to be this game on the money line. I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose to the Broncos here. The Broncos did give them a scare in the last game. I don't see that happening again. Um, as far as a pick for the game, give me the Chiefs minus 12 and a half. But like I said, um, this is going to be a to start our money line parlay. Um, you have any uh, any reservations against that? No, I think the Chiefs will win the game. Uh, maybe the twelve and a half. I would, I would, I would be quasi to take Denver. I just think twelve and a half is a lot of points. Denver does have a great defense, but I do think the Chiefs will win the game. Yeah, they have Jerry. Uh, Jerry Rossberg is going to be the interim head coach. He, of course, the longtime Ravens special teams coordinator. Now the Ravens have always had a good special team, so. He has to be an upgrade from what they had against Nathaniel Hackett, but I don't think it's going to result in them uh, winning a game against the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think that will happen either. I like the uh, Chiefs to win the game. Yeah, so we're going to throw that uh, in our money line parlay. The next game in the parlay is going to be the Lions. Uh, they are a six-point favorite at home against the Bears. The over-under 52, the Lions fighting for that last playoff spot. 
The Lions just got run all over by the Panthers last week, but their offense still looks okay. Now they're back at home against the Bears defense that absolutely stinks. Um, I don't think there's any reasons the Lions would lose this game. The Bears did give them a scare, but the Bears don't want to win games. Uh, they, they could lose this game and potentially be looking at the number one pick uh, if the Texans are able to pull a, another upset against the Jaguars later. So I think the Bears have every reason to lose. The Lions have every reason to win. So I'm throwing the Lions in on our money line parlay. Absolutely. I like the Lions to beat the Bears. Lions played terrible last week. Couldn't stop the run. I think we'll get a better defensive effort from the Lions. Uh, I don't think the Lions will make the playoffs, but during the offseason, they definitely need to prove their defense. Their offense is solid. Might need to add a few pieces here and there on the offense, but the defense needs improvement. However, they will beat the Chicago Bears on Sunday. So we are in agreement there. The next game, the Rams against the Chargers, the Battle of Los Angeles. The Chargers, a six-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, technically at home, but uh, both teams at home for this one, the over-under, sitting at 41. And this Chargers team really wants to improve their seed. The sixth seed is going to have to play the Bengals, Chiefs, or Bills. The five seed is going to play the Jaguars or the Titans. So the difference between the sixth seed and the five seed is absolutely huge now. The Chargers would have the tiebreaker over the Ravens-Bengals loser, uh, provided that Cincinnati loses to Buffalo. Uh, I think the Chargers would have the tiebreaker over the Ravens regardless if the Ravens are the ones that fall to that wild card spot. So the Chargers have, even though they've already clinched the playoff spot, they have every reason. The Rams have no first-round pick. They're still playing hard, but they're at a huge talent disadvantage here. Uh, Cooper Cup still out. Aaron Donald's still out. I, I know Baker Mayfield's your guy, but I see no reason to think the Chargers aren't going to win this game. Uh, I would agree. I would agree, except I I like the Rams to win this game. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, does obviously have something to do with Baker Mayfield, but I just like the fact that Baker Mayfield's in a comfortable offense. I think the defense that they played last week is better than the defense that they played this week. You also said that it's it's a home game for both teams, so it's not like like they're not they're, they're both teams are familiar with playing in the arena. Uh, so I don't think crowd noise would be all the way crazy uh, for either team. Uh, so I actually think the Rams can, and I actually think the Rams will win this game. Wow! So you're not going to be on board for my money line parlay, which I've already paid. This parlay pay, pays out at plus three sixty one, by the way. So I, I I really like it. Um. Yeah, I just I, – I don't see the Chargers losing this game. I think they're really going to be really motivated to get that five seed, um, and losing this game would guarantee that they're the sixth seed and they have a much tougher game uh, there in the first round. The next game is the Colts taking on the Giants. The Giants are a six-point favorite at home for this one, the over-under 38-and-a-half. I think this Colts team has just completely checked out. The Giants clinch a playoff spot with a win. In fact, they clinch the sixth seed with a win. Um, I think that they're going to be hoping – that the Vikings lose a game because that six seed is a lot more attractive. If you're playing the Vikings instead of the 49ers, the coaching matchup here is what does it for me. I think the giants are definitely going to win this game. Jeff Saturday, his only win was against a reeling Raiders team. Uh, he's not a good head coach. It's almost like you shouldn't hire a guy out of an ESPN studio to coach your team. Go figure. Um, on the other side, Brian Dayball, you could argue he should be the coach of the year with what he's done with this Giants team. So I'm throwing the Giants into this money line parlay as well. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think the Giants will win the game. Uh, the Colts have check, checked out. Like you said, they quit. Uh, Jeff Saturday never should have got the job, but that's another subject for another day. Uh, I'm taking the Giants to win the game. So all of those games, uh, Chiefs, Lions, Chargers, Giants, money lines. So that's four games. You throw the Cowboys in on Thursday night football. Those 
five teams to win on the money line pays out at plus three sixty one. Uh, I put a twenty five dollar bet on that. That brings back one hundred fifteen dollars. That's not bad. Love it. So uh, even it. though you think even though you think the Rams uh, could potentially win against the Chargers, uh, if that's the only game that you're worried about, I, th- I still think at plus three sixty one, it's showing some pretty good value. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Uh, like I said, I, I I'm a Baker and a, I'm a Baker fan, so of course. I think the Rams definitely have a chance to win the game. But, yeah, I mean, if that's a game, like you said, that's a game you got to worry about. The Chargers should win. So. Uh, and then two games to wrap up that uh, that mean nothing. We have the Jaguars taking on the Texans. The Texans a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home, the over-under 43-and-a-half. And I did not throw the Jaguars into this parlay because the Jags have nothing to play for. They're essentially going out against the Titans, looking to avoid injuries. The Texans on the other side – Look, they've had a, a fun last three weeks. They played the Chiefs and the Cowboys tough. They beat the Titans outright. However, one more win puts them in jeopardy of losing that first overall pick game, and the Bears lose out. The Bears would get the number one overall pick, and it would put the Bears in prime position because they don't have to draft a quarterback, and there's going to be a number of teams um, that are really, really wanting that number one overall pick to pick Bryce Young. So, uh the Texans have every reason in the world to lose this game, get the quarterback that they want. So I want to throw the Jaguars in this money line parlay. I just can't bring myself to do it. I'm going to take the Texans plus four and a half. I think the Jaguars are just going to be out there going through the motions, not wanting to get anybody hurt and uh, gearing up for their week 18 AFC South championship game against the Tennessee Titans. I actually think I actually agree with you. I think I like the Texans plus four and a half. I think Jacksonville will win the game and I think the game will be close. They don't underestimate the Texans, and the Texans play hard. They played hard over the past month. Uh, they should have beat the Cowboys. They should have beat the Chiefs. They won uh, against a, a depleted Tennessee team at Tennessee last week. So I definitely think the Texans will play it close and keep it close. But I like Jacksonville to win it at the end, and I'm taking the. I, but I would take definitely agree with the Texans plus four and a half. Uh, and the last game that we're going to – well, the last pro game that we're going to touch on before we break into the college football playoff, uh, the Cardinals and the Falcons, neither team has anything to play for. Um, give me a sentimental reason to have a pick on this game. I will take the three-and-a-half points with the Cardinals, the J.J. Watt farewell tour. He announced this is going to be his last season. So uh, just for his sake, I'll take the Cardinals plus three-and-a-half, but uh, there's no reason to watch Trace McSorley go up against Desmond Ritter. Yeah, that's a bad, uh, bad, definitely bad matchup. Uh, feel sorry for the people calling the game. Uh, be that as it may, I'm gonna take the Falcons. The Falcons play hard. Uh, they played hard last week at Baltimore. They played hard the week before that against the Saints with Desmond Redder at uh, Desmond Redder's first two starts. Probably uh, two of the hardest places you'll want to play at at the Superdome at the Big Crab Cake M&T Bank Stadium. So. Uh, I like what I saw from the Falcons as far as this matchup. I think the Falcons can win. So give me the Falcons minus two on that. So that is going to do it for the NFL slate. As I said, uh, the family five-leg parlay this week is going to be a money line parlay. We're going to take the Cowboys on the money line, the Chiefs on the money line, the Lions on the money line, the Chargers on the money line, and the Giants on the money line. And that is also going to take us to the teaser of the week. Teaser of the week. That's right, the teaser of the week. This week, we're going to keep it simple. We like the Lions to win that game against the Bears. We're going to tease that from minus six down to uh, pick them, and we're going to tease the Giants down from minus six to a pick them as well. So the teaser of the week, one last week, we're up to 11-5 and five on the year. So these things are cashing at a pretty good rate. And this week, all we need is the Lions and Giants 
to win and, and improve their playoff chances for the Giants. They're clinching their playoff spot for the Lions. Uh, they're putting themselves in a position to potentially clinch a playoff spot in Week 18. Love it. Like I love the teaser of the week. Like the teaser of the week is 11 and five. Hopefully you can get to 12 and five this week, bud. Yeah, it, uh, it's 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 been a winner for sure. Um, I've I've been doing pretty well on my bets overall, but I really need to uh, maybe consider upping. Uh, my unit sizes on these teasers of the week. And that is going to take us on, Josh, to the college football playoff. Now, you are a much more avid college football fan than I am. I generally tend to gear up for college football around this time, around the playoff. Uh, we have TCU taking on Michigan. We have Georgia taking on Ohio State. Uh, Michigan right now is a touchdown favorite against TCU. Georgia, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Ohio State. Now, conventional wisdom is telling me just as a casual college football fan that I'm going to parlay Michigan and I'm going to parlay Georgia just on the money line, just to win that plays out at minus minus one twenty two. Uh, is there any reason to think that that bet won't cash? Uh, yes, I am taking, I agree with the first game. I'm taking Michigan. However, I'm taking Ohio state to beat Georgia. Okay. I'll uh, just, just uh, I wanted to touch on that Michigan game first, just because a TCU has been the darling of, of of the college football season. They lose in the Big Twelve title game to Kansas State. They still get in. They've been underdogs in a lot of the games that they've won. Uh, particularly the game that I was looking at is the game that they played against Texas, where Texas had a formidable defensive front and they really shut down that TCU offense for. The, the first three quarters of that game, TCU opened it up in the fourth quarter, but they're going up against a better front in Michigan. I just don't think that this TCU offensive line is going to be able to handle that Michigan defensive front. And I know Blake Corum is out for Michigan, but these those big hogs that they have on the offensive line, I think are still going to be able to get this run game going. And uh, my favorite bet for besides my parlay, Georgia and Michigan, my favorite bet of the of the semifinals is going to be to uh, lay that touchdown with Michigan. Yeah, I, I think Michigan will beat TCU. Uh, I think Michigan wants revenge last year. They got destroyed by Georgia in the uh, semifinal, uh, uh, the national semifinal playoff game. So I think I think Michigan will beat TCU for sure. I definitely think that. I love J.J. McCarthy. I love what he's doing. I love how they played the end of the season. Uh, they had a scare at home against Illinois. But after that, they got on the roll. They beat Ohio State. No, uh, they won. They beat the. Uh, they won. They beat Purdue in Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship. So, I love what I'm saying from Michigan. <clears throat> I think Michigan's a better team than TCU. I think this is the perfect matchup. I think no one wants to admit this, but if you could, if anyone, if of all the teams, every team wanted to play TCU. Yeah, Georgia absolutely. Wanted to play TCU. Michigan wanted to play TCU, and Ohio State would love to play TCU. Should Alabama play TCU if they could? So, uh, with that being said, I like Michigan to win that game. Okay, and uh, that line is up to seven and a half now. Uh, do you think TCU can keep it close enough to cover that seven and a half, or do you think Michigan pretty much? I do think I do think it'll be a close game at the beginning, but I think Michigan will win by somewhere between eight to ten points. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, you can see it in the Ohio State. Uh, Michigan ran away with it at the end. It just it just shows you, uh, you know, they're just going to beat you up the whole game. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think I think you're right on. I think TCU might hang tough early on. Michigan, they're just, they're just too good up front on both sides of the ball, and I think over time they're going to wear TCU out and uh, run away with this game late. Absolutely, I agree with that. Now, we're on opposite sides uh, for the Peach Bowl, Ohio State taking on Georgia. Um, you think Ohio State covers this game, or do you think they have a chance to win outright? I think Ohio State wins the game. Uh, I, I, I never get into this notion of disrespecting national brands. 
So, like, last year, since I think it was last year, Cincinnati made the playoff. Everybody knew Alabama was going to kill it. Okay, they beat them. Uh, a couple of years ago, Washington made the playoffs. Everyone knew Alabama was going to kill them. They they killed it. Years uh, uh, a couple years before that, Washington made the college football playoff. Last year, Cincinnati made it. It was one year that uh, uh, I can't remember the team that made it. Washington made it one year. Washington and Michigan State made it, and Alabama destroyed them. I, I think this Ohio State team is better than all three of those teams. So. And they don't even have that full arsenal of weapons. So, with that being said, I think Ohio State's been hearing how bad they are. Ryan Day's been hearing how bad of a coach he is. He can't win the big game. You know, the constant media talk. So, I just think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. Now, I mean, I'll beat Michigan. I'm sorry, beat Georgia. It, it, it would be better if the game wasn't in Georgia. The Peach Bowl was in Georgia. Yeah, it's, yep. the, uh, it's Georgia. essentially a home game. Which, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're the number one team, that's that's what you get. You know, yeah, for, that's the for, benefit for running the slate. That's the benefit of being the number one seed. Totally understand. But I think Ohio State will go in there. I think they'll play their best game of the season, and I think they'll win that game against Georgia. Now, the only thing that gives me pause, I think, um, I think you're right. Ohio that Georgia wanted, but just looking at Ohio State, like what is their best win on the season? Uh, they beat Notre Dame the first game of the year, but they struggled in that game. Oh, Notre Dame was in that game pretty late. Uh, then you. It was a down year for the Big Ten too. Like they, I mean, they beat Penn State forty-four to thirty-one. Technically, Penn State is number thirteen, but nothing Penn State did uh, really makes me think that that it w- was a quality win. So the only really good team that they played was Michigan, and they lost that game by twenty-two points. Now I do understand that that game was closer than the final score indicates. That was a game all the way up until the fourth quarter and ran away with it. So that's the only thing that gives me pause from laying. The six and a half with Georgia, but I I just think Georgia's the better team here, and I think that they're going to come out on top. No, I get it. Uh, I, I I actually had respect for Ohio State beating Penn State. That was a big win on the road. Uh, uh, that's that's why they got in the playoff because they beat Penn State on the road, and Alabama didn't have any good quality wins to that nature to to compete with. So uh, I just believe in I don't say the underdog because Ohio State's not the, not an underdog. I just believe in the in the in the path in the uh, in the thought process of hearing like oh we're not good we suck why are we here stuff like that I just think Ohio State got weapons I yeah. wanted Michigan to beat Ohio State but I was fearful of their weapons and for the first half Ohio State was in the game it wasn't like it was a a blowout either way so I think we're gonna get a Big Ten of a Big Ten championship rematch I'm sorry uh, Big Ten East basically whoever you know the last game of the season Michigan and Ohio State I think that'll be the national championship. Uh, all, all, all respect to Purdue, who was actually in the Big Ten title game. Ohio State, Michigan. I, I think you said it right. They were the Big yeah, that Ten. Was, title that, that game. Was Who, that, whoever yeah, that was, won that game was going to be the Big was, Ten. Was gonna, yeah, it was going to be the Big Ten champion. And I wish. Look, I, look. I'm sorry. I know the Big Ten don't want to do this, but think about this, Jeff. If Michigan and Ohio State played two times in two weeks, you're you're still watching. Yeah. So like, why not just put Michigan in the East or the West or whatever, and let Ohio State be in the East and let the two best teams play. Like Kansas State and TCU played. We watched the first time they played. We watched the second time they played. So it's not like we wouldn't watch. And, like, that's the best rivalry in college football, in my opinion. So other than maybe Alabama and Georgia. So, um, like I said, uh, just let them play. Let them play the last week in November. Let them play the first week in December. We can find out definitively who's the best team. 
Yeah, I, I think the move is to just get, just get rid of the divisions. The divisions within the conferences is just stupid uh, because it, it results so often in, like you said, Ohio State and Michigan always play the last last week of the season. But if there's no divisions, then just the top two teams from each conference, regardless, just do away the, with the divisions. The divisions also stop us from having teams in the conference. Like, you're not playing every team in the conference. Like, we're not, you know, Alabama should have had a chance chance to get in, but they are stuck. They were stuck in the wrong division this year, just the way that it broke out. Um, just do away with the divisions. Have the top two teams from each conference play. I, I, I think just I just think it's a, it's a dumb way to do things. No, I agree. I, 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 I think Alabama's the second-best team in the SEC, but they weren't in the SEC championship game. So I, I, understand, I get your point. I totally understand that. But uh, uh, so we, we definitely agree on getting rid of the divisions. But again, even if you have divisions, just make it where the Ohio State and Michigan play each other twice. We want to see that. Yeah. We don't want to see Michigan play Purdue, Michigan play Iowa, Michigan play, uh, no disrespect to Minnesota, they're a nice program. But they're not going to beat Michigan, Ohio State when they have everything to play for. Yeah. This is not happening. Yeah, the team in the SEC that actually got screwed by the division thing this year was Tennessee. Tennessee. I think uh, Tennessee, Georgia would have been a much better SEC championship uh, than then, LSU Georgia. Yeah, than LSU Georgia, absolutely. And again, like I said, I think uh, I was I, I thought Alabama had a had a slight chance. I, I thought Alabama should have been in playoff consideration. Maybe they shouldn't have made it, but I thought they should have been in been in consideration more than what they were. But yeah, Tennessee was the team that got screwed. And they also got screwed because Hendon Hooker got hurt. If Hendon Hooker didn't get hurt, you can make a case they definitely should have been in the college football playoff without a question. Uh, without a doubt, without a doubt about it, I think uh, Tennessee would have been, but would have been formidable, especially with Hooker there at quarterback. Now you are on you're you're on Ohio State. I'm on Georgia. So we'll talk about both potential championship matchups. Uh, we're both on Michigan here. We, we think they're going to roll through TCU. Now, if it is a rematch Ohio state against Michigan. It would be very similar to what we got last year when Alabama had that rematch with Georgia in the national title game. Now, Alabama won the first match in the sec title game. Georgia won the second matchup. Now you could sit here and argue that if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, that's a different ball game, but it's hard to beat a team twice. It's beat. It's hard to beat a team twice. So I think if it is Ohio state and Michigan in a rematch, it's going to favor Ohio state because it's just hard to beat a rival team like that twice. We saw it last year when Alabama and Georgia rematched. And I think we would see it again with Ohio state, and Michigan. Yeah. Only difference is, is that I think I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to pick that game right now because it's like, we don't even know who's going to win the, 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 the semifinal game. But if that matchup did happen, the only difference I was saying in, in that uh, from last, from last year's national championship to Ohio state, Michigan, if they played this year, would be oh Alabama's gonna win that game if Jameson Williams didn't get hurt. I'm sorry, Georgia couldn't contain that speed. We knew that, we saw that. And when those two guys got hurt, you remember Jameson Williams got hurt. Um, uh, and then it was another receiver. Uh, what was the other receiver? Mechie. John Mechie got hurt. I think it was the SEC championship game. And he wasn't the same and he couldn't play. He he actually towards I think towards ACL, towards Achilles, something like that. He didn't play. And then William Jameson Williams got hurt in the national championship and that was the game. So yeah. Uh, I don't think Michigan will have the same injury thing for injury, injury, you know, circumstances because Michigan wants to beat you up on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's not going to change regardless of who their running back is or who their receiver is. Yeah, even with the absence of Blake Corum, that narrative floated out that if Ohio State and Michigan were to rematch uh, that Michigan would be at a disadvantage because they don't have Blake Corum. But if you go back to that game, Blake Corum 
didn't do Blake, anything. Blake, Blake Corum played like two plays and got out the game. Yeah, so he didn't yeah. Do it. and Donovan Edwards, 22 carries, 216 yards, two touchdowns. He had the breakaway 85-yarder that pretty much sealed that game. So yeah, I don't think that – Yeah, so, so I don't think that, uh, that losing Blake would be the death blow that a lot of people seem to think. I just think it's hard to beat a team twice. Now, if it is chalk, if it is Georgia and Michigan, um, who would you favor in that matchup? I would – I would favor Michigan only because of what happened last year. And let me let me let me be uh, uh, let me before I finish on that game. Let me go back to your uh, last point. I think it would be big for the Big Ten to have two teams in the national championship. Why? The Big Ten signed the TV deal. I'm, I'm mainly talking about football with Fox, NBC, and CBS. So the Big Ten basically look at themselves as how the NFL looks at themselves. They want to have a one o'clock game, well, a twelve o'clock game, a three thirty game, and then the primetime game. So the primetime game will be on NBC. The 3.30 game will be on CBS. And the 12 o'clock game would nine times out of ten be on Fox. That would be their quote-unquote big noon kickoff. So I think it would be very important for Michigan and Ohio State for the Big Ten to have two teams in the national championship because it would give the it – would, it would, it would, the SEC is the best conference, but it would give the Big Ten some validity to be like, okay, well, we're on your level because we have two – the two best teams in the country are in our conference. Now, as far as Georgia and Michigan, I would favor Michigan because of what happened last year. Remember last year in the – I think it was the – was it Fiesta Bowl? Or whatever bowl it was, the college football playoff, semifinal. Georgia destroyed Michigan. And I think that game, Jim Harbaugh knew that he couldn't win with Kate McLemore. That was the starting quarterback last year. So he inserted this year. That's why he had an open quarterback a quarterback competition with J.J. McCartney and Kate McLemore. Kate McLemore obviously lost out. He transferred. So uh, I, I think Michigan, with that humbling experience of getting destroyed on the national big stage and commentators and pundits still remember them getting destroyed, I think Michigan could uh, would give Georgia – I don't think Georgia's winning the national championship. I'll just say that. Yeah. I think Georgia uh, is a little bit overrated this year. Okay. Now, I think you're on to something with the Big Ten. Now, just having Michigan and Ohio State as a national title game would be huge for the country. Like you said, it's, it's the best rivalry in college football. So having that as a national title game, all, all eyeballs, even casual fans, would be on that. I would push back just slightly for the Big Ten saying, oh, we're here too. We have the top two teams. Because, yes, you have the top two teams. But the depth in the SEC is just so much better. I mean, you had – look at Tennessee. Tennessee was 10-2. and two. Their only two losses were in conference. South Carolina, number 19 in the country, their only four losses were in conference. Kentucky, their only five losses were in conference. Georgia was 6-1 and one out of conference, 3-5 and five in the SEC. Alabama's only two losses were in conference. All of Mississippi State and Mississippi's losses were in conference. So these teams, when they match up out of conference, they destroy these other teams. They're, all, they're just beating up on each other because the conference is so loaded and so deep. You have – the final rankings had six teams ranked in the SEC and you had three other teams in the SEC who were ranked at some point in the season. Absolutely. No, I don't think the Big Ten is as good as the SEC, but we we, we know the SEC is the best conference. We're looking for who's the second best conference. Yeah. Is it There's the no, ACC? Is it the Pac-12, Pac Pac, whatever that be, Pac-12, uh, Big Ten, whatever. I just think for the Big Ten to have their two biggest brands in the for them, if that were to happen, for them to be in the national championship, that that's a huge deal, a big deal. And like I said, by them signing that TV deal, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm speaking for college football. To have basically, a, basically to have your pick of the litter for a twelve o'clock game, a three thirty game, and a and a seven thirty or eight o'clock game on NBC. You have a game on Fox, CBS, and NBC. 
that's an amazing situation. Whereas though the SEC, and I love the SEC, I love the SEC network, but you're 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 minimizing just like for example, college football playoff is minimizing the product. It's all on ESPN. NBC should get involved, Fox should get involved, CBS should get involved. It makes it more like the NFL, it makes it more marketable when multiple networks can get involved. Yeah. So for the Big Ten to like I said, to go into the new contract with their 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 two biggest brands in the national championship, that would be tremendous. Yeah, I'm going to push back slightly on the Georgia is overrated thing just because they did navigate the SEC. I just think that there's something to be said for that. When you look at the point differential, the 14 teams in the SEC, only two of the 14 teams have a negative point differential. 12 of the 14 SEC teams have a positive point differential. And I just the fact that Georgia was able to navigate that after they lost, I mean, what, what, what do they have, 10 guys off their defense get drafted in the NFL last year, and then they come back and they just reload and they're good again. And uh, – I'm on Georgia to win the national title. I do have a 10-to-1 Michigan ticket, so I will be rooting for Michigan. In fact, I have a uh, a friend who works the road uh, by the name of Detroit. You can guess where he's from. He is a big Michigan fan. Shout out to him. Um, I'll be sending him in this, this podcast, letting him know I shouted him out. But uh, he's coming to town, and I told him if Michigan is to win, and I'm cashing that 10-to-1 ticket uh, when he comes to town, drinks are on me. Absolutely, man. Well, hopefully Michigan can do it. I would love for Michigan to win the national championship. I think Jim Harbaugh has been through a lot. Uh, it takes time to rebuild. A lot of things can't happen just by the snap of the finger. So I would love for Michigan to win the championship. Uh, uh, but, I mean, as far as Georgia, I think they are a good team. I don't think they're as dominant as they were last year. But they've had scares. They should have lost to Missouri. The best team they played was Tennessee. I'm not giving them credit for beating LSU. I'm sorry. So, uh and they, uh, they, they, they did beat South Carolina, but South Carolina got hot at the end of the season. So that wasn't the same South Carolina team that they played earlier in the season. So uh, I do think Michigan's a good team. All four teams that are in the playoffs are obviously all deserving. But uh, I think we'll have a uh, Big Ten National Championship, Ohio State and Michigan. It would, it would definitely draw a lot of eyeballs to that game. Now, before we sign off, Josh, you and I both noticed a betting trend this bowl season, and that is unders cashing at a ridiculous weight rate. Uh, 22 bowl games, 15 unders, 15 and 7 unders so far to start bowl season. Now, right now, uh, Kansas and Arkansas are playing. They're at 51 right now, so uh, that game is in jeopardy of going over, but still the unders cashing at an historic rate. Do you think that we can con- uh, count on that trend continuing? Yes, only because a lot of these teams haven't played in months, played in a month. So these aren't the same team. I always t- I tell people when you're gambling, especially with football, college football, these teams are three waves of teams. They start the season, well, four waves of teams. They start the season, middle of the season, they end the season, and then they have bowls. And then when you're playing after Christmas, you haven't played in a month. You really haven't played in a month. And some of these games that are before Christmas, you haven't played in a month. So uh, another gambling, another trend that I would look for gambling, ladies and gentlemen, just FYI, look at first half money line. That would be a, that would be something that I'm looking at. Uh, for example, I took Arkansas first half money line against Kansas because I just think Arkansas is a better team. I don't know what the first half score was, but I know that they were. So uh, thirty-one to thirteen. It was. It yeah. was. Uh, yeah, they were running away with it. They were running away with it. So. That's another thing I would look at. Instead of waiting for the whole game, let's just get it out the way down, first half money line. If you think the team is better, for example, I'm going to take Alabama over Kansas State first half money line. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm 
you guys can do what you want with that. But I think Alabama and what this game represents. Now, now, just as far as the college football playoff goes, uh, those totals are sitting pretty high. The TCU Michigan over under 58 and a half. The Georgia Ohio State under 62 and a half. Do you think we can count on uh, the under in both of those games? I would say the under and probably, I don't know. I would probably, if I had to pick one, I would say, I do think that would be yeah. somewhat of a defensive thing. But I think in order for Ohio State to win, which I picked them to win, they're, they're going to have to score. They're not going to beat Georgia 14 to 10. So they're, they're going to have to score, I think, in the 20, definitely in the 30s to beat Georgia. And I think they can do that with Marvin Harrison Jr. and the receivers that they have. I think they can get the job done. And they have a, obviously have a, a top quarterback, C.J. Stroud. A lot of guys say Bryce Young will probably be the number one pick, but C.J. Stroud wants to, you know, put his name in the hat that, hey, I should be the number yeah. one quarterback pick. So this yeah. is a perfect opportunity. This is, let's say, this is my last thing on uh, C.J. Stroud. This is as close as he will face to an NFL defense that he'll face all season. Because even Michigan, Michigan is not – Michigan has a good defense, but I don't think they're as good. I don't think their defense is as good as Georgia. So this would be the closest test that he'll have to an NFL defense when he faces Georgia in the Peach Bowl on Saturday. Uh, definitely looking forward to all of those games. Now, Josh, is there any other bowl game coming up that uh, a matchup that you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Tennessee at uh, not Tennessee at, but Tennessee and Clemson. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Uh, the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl, Friday, December 30th. That should be a good game. Uh, also, on the same day, I'm looking at the Notre Dame and South Carolina game. I think if South Carolina wins this game, that can give them confidence. The Gator Bowl, and that can give them confidence going into next season. I love how South Carolina ended the season. And uh, the last bowl game I'm, uh, will be for me will be Mississippi State and Illinois. I just want to see how Mississippi State plays with the, the loss of Mike Leach. Uh, rest in peace to Mike Leach, uh, unique individual, all, very brilliant college offensive mind, and uh, terrible loss for uh, Mississippi State and the uh, college football world. Yeah, definitely. Our uh, heartfelt condolences go out to uh, to his family. Uh, gone too soon for sign off. My Maryland Terrapins are facing off against the NC State Wolfpack in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Probably the stupidest name of a bowl. So I, I hate that we got put into that one, but I'm looking forward to this matchup. Um, do you think uh, Talia Tungavailoa and this Maryland offense is going to be able to get it done against NC State? Yes, I like Maryland beating NC State. Uh, I'm sorry that Mike Lockley, for, the, for winning the game, I had to get Mayo all over. I'm sorry for that, Mike. But uh, <laughs> I like Maryland to beat NC State. Uh, I see NC State's favorite right now. Uh, some some sites, they have them at Pickham. Uh, but it, most uh, I'm on Bleacher Report, NC State's favorite by one, so I like Maryland to win the game. I definitely think Maryland can win the game. I will definitely be tuned in on noon at Friday. That's the bowl game that I'm looking uh, the most forward to. Obviously, uh, you know, being from Maryland, uh, rooting for that team, growing up just five minutes away from the campus. Uh, Anything else before we sign off, Josh? No, man. It should be a great week in NFL, great week of college. We have the national – we obviously have the college football playoff. We have the media six bowls coming up this week, so that should be good. But for the NFL, uh, like you said, we have – Big games, uh, Miami and New England, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Jets, Seahawks. So it should be a good week of NFL. Uh, and uh, obviously Steelers, Ravens, and that great Monday night game. I cannot wait for that. Bills at Bengals. I think, like I said, I just think the media is sleeping on that. I think that is that is one of the candidates for the games of the year.
Uh, now, one last question I did have for you. So week 18, they always flex one game to the Sunday night game. Now, I've heard a lot of people saying that it's definitely going to be that AFC South matchup uh, between the Titans and Jaguars. But I, I just don't think that's a good way for the NFL to close out the season. Uh, is there any other candidates you see? I know we could possibly have Lions-Packers be for a playoff spot. We could have Ravens-Bengals potentially be for the NFC North. Uh, what would your, be your pick? Uh, you're kind of projecting a little bit what's going to happen this week. But what would be your pick uh, for the flex game? Yeah, I would one of those three. Uh, I'll give you another option if the Jets win. Uh, I would, you know, have that as an option. Uh, Jets, Dolphins, yeah, that could, Jets, that could Dolphins, be for a playoff spot as well. But see, the NFL, what the NFL wants to do is they want to pair these teams up. So they want to pair one o'clock games with, you know, the teams that matter. They want to pair a four o'clock games with the team that matter. Let me say this. The last game of the season will probably be a winning, winning end game. So I think that would lead to it for B, Tennessee and ja- Jacksonville at Tennessee just because you know that's a winning end type situation. Yeah, the Bills and the Ravens aren't winning and ending. There's just they're both teams are in. It's just who will be the who will be the AFC North champion, who will be the wild card. So I think leaning, I think it will be the Jaguar. It will be the Titans at Jaguar. Yeah, last year we we got an absolute treat for the last game of the year. You and I were both on pins and needles watching that Chargers Raiders game, and I just really, I'm just really hoping for a matchup like that. So. I think right now, I think you're right, uh, Titans-Jags. That like, Luckily, they don't have to make this decision now. Uh, they, they're going to make this decision after the Week 17 games are played. So what I'm hoping for is that Jets-Dolphins matchup or that Packers-Lions matchup to 2B for a playoff spot because I just think it's going to make for a better game. Um, I don't think the Titans with Malik Willis at quarterback uh, make for very entertaining television right now. No, I agree. I, I think they'd be that. Uh, I would love for the Lions and the Packers. That, that would definitely be a good game. Lions beat them already early in the year. I mean, I know Collinsworth from Tariqo won't like it would be super cold outside. But, <laughs> um, at least last year for them, they were inside with uh, that, that, that Chargers Raiders game. That, that's a game you'll talk about for ages just because of the craziness that happened yeah. uh, to end that game. But I think I think it will be Titans at Jaguars. I get it about Malik Willis. At the end of the day, it's a winning end type situation. Yeah. Well, we will, by the time we record our next podcast, Josh, we will know what that matchup is going to be and we will talk about it at length on this podcast. But until then, man, I appreciate you joining me this week and uh, hopefully we gave out some winners. Yes, sir, man. Hopefully we did. Hopefully everyone will listen. Like I said, happy holidays and uh, hopefully we can uh, get together on Sunday for spaces, man. Uh, I'm definitely hoping to do that. Uh, the last few Sundays have been pretty busy for me uh, with family stuff and all that, just being the holidays, but definitely hoping to hop back on there because we were having a lot of fun on those spaces. And this is episode number 98, episode number 99 coming next week. And a little bit of serendipity for the Let It Ride podcast. Episode number 100 will be a wild card weekend preview. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. Episode number one was a wild card weekend preview that I did two years ago. So two years later, uh, the same weekend, doing the 100th episode of the Let It Ride podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. You're putting in the hard work. Uh, podcast has definitely grown. Uh, the spaces have definitely grown. So just proud to be a part of the crew. And uh, congratulations on all the hard work. And more power to you and the podcast. And I know uh podcast is in great hands and can't wait for the future, brother. I appreciate that, Josh, and I appreciate you being along for the ride with me. Uh, until next week, man, I'll uh, looking forward to these uh, Week 17 games, and I'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Enjoy the NFL and the college this weekend, bud. Yep, you too. Sounds good. See you. Yes, sir. Thanks.